You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th. And it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose. And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14th. Get tickets now. Hey, this is Tommy from Between the Bear to Me, and you're listening to Lamb Goat Van Flip Podcast. What's good, Goat Flippy Flippers? It's your host, Lurk, here, and thank you for tuning in this episode of the podcast. If this is your first time here, we welcome you to the Van Flip, and if not, thank you for coming back. If you are listening to us on a platform that you can give us a rating, just go ahead and give us a five-star, thumbs-up, or whatever the highest thing you can. It definitely helps us out in the algorithm of the podcast world, and while you're at it, you should go ahead and share us with your friends. Visit LambGoat.com to stay up to date on news, releases, and announcements from around the hardcore and metal world. Follow LambGoat on social media, give us a like on Facebook, and follow LambGoat on both Twitter and Instagram, at LambGoat. We also have a Twitter account for the podcast, so you can better interact with us directly. Follow at VanFlipPodcast, tweet us what you think of the show or who the next guest we should have on. If you are interested in watching podcasts instead of listening, all of our episodes are available to watch on the Lambgoat YouTube channel, so head over there and subscribe and make sure you get notified when new episodes are released. I would like to take a quick second to thank our Patreon supporters, Dylan and Lachlan. You guys rock and thank you for supporting the Van Flip. If you would like to become a Patreon supporter, not only do you help improve and grow the show, but you also get early access to episodes before they are released, an invite to the private Discord chat, Lambgoat swag, and more. We will even shout you out for as long as you are a supporter. Visit patreon.com slash Flip for more info. On this episode of the podcast, we were lucky enough to head down to Orlando and meet up with Tommy and Paul from Between the Beard and Me. This podcast was done on their tour bus, so you may hear their AC unit in the background. I tried to take it out as much as possible, so apologies ahead of time. Oh yeah, what's this? I feel this. Oh yeah, this is stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. Have you got you all? Cool deal. All right, guys. Well, we are back with another episode of the Van Flip Podcast, and I am joined by Tommy and Paul of Between the Bear and Me. Thanks for Good having to be us. Here. No problem. Thanks for coming on the bus today. That was great of you guys to join us on the Lamgoat bus. <laughs> we live on this thing. So. <laughs> yes, it is yours. Your tour bus. Too. Yeah, that's Sorry. true. Um, <laughs> rented. <laughs> uh, so what? I wanted to kind of kick things off because you guys have been around forever and ever. So I'm sure you've done a lot of these, not podcasts, but interview type situations before. Um, what's the lamest kind of questions you guys get off, off like all the time? I think the usual, like, what? where's the band name from? Uh, the question I hate the most, honestly, is, like, when people say, hey, well, tell us some crazy tour stories yeah. or something like that. We don't have a lot of them. Because we don't have a lot of them, and, it, and then it's not that the question's lame, it's that it makes us feel lame, <laughs> which is, um, we're like, damn, we don't really, gosh, yeah. we suck, you know? There's not a, lot, there's not a lot of cool metal stories you guys could tell, huh? Not really, you know? little things, but yeah. There's probably a correlation to like the cooler the stories you have as a band, likely the the shorter your career is going to be. <laughs> True. You, you, you get involved like in too or much weird. nefarious shit, you're probably going to break up eventually, or you know. Something. Um, 
Yeah, so I'll just remove those from my <laughs> questions. Here's, here's my biggest pet peeve uh, as far as a question is inspiration. Like, for your... To write a song. Like, okay. what inspires you to write? It's like, inspiration is such a broad term. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I can never answer that. I'm like, I don't know. It depends. Literally day to day. It could be, you know, walking to get a coffee. You yeah. just answered the question. Yeah. I know. I think they're, they're like, what band? You know, because in people's minds, they're like, you listen to a band, you're like, I want to write a song like that. Yeah. Where it's like, that's not really how it is. No, I mean, yeah. Maybe some people, but I don't For know. people not in a band, yeah. they probably think that, but yeah. when you've actually done it. Like, what band do you it? listen to when you're writing? Like, I don't really listen while I'm writing. Like, yeah. And plus, you guys listen, I'm assuming every member of your band listens to a wide variety of yeah, eclectic they, stuff because yeah. you can kind of tell it within your music, so. Yeah, for All sure. Right, well, I'll take that one off. <laughs> no, just because it, one of the questions was, you know, uh, because you guys do have a wide array of, like, sound yeah. in each album and stuff like that, plus your songs are longer than, yeah, you yeah. know, your average. And it, you know, it's not that the question sucks. It's just it's such a... Uh, it's just hard, hard to answer. answer. Yeah. It's like, it, it, you know, it's hard to answer it in a succinct or, or concise way, you know what I mean? So... Mm-hmm. Um, just, it's just every time I, you know, we hear that question, it's like, oh god, here we go again. You yeah, know? <laughs> start making up random stuff to tell. You them. do, yeah. I mean, and something we've been doing, like, been, next year will be twenty years of being a band. When people ask, like, how, how do you write a song? That's changed a lot in twenty years. Yeah, it I changed, bet dramatically. It changes every year. Yeah, every time, and I think record. individually, it changes with each of us the way we do things. You know, so well for you, it's just an ever evolving. A question that we can't ever really answer. You also get better and worse at it as time yeah, goes, and yeah. or you know, at worse at certain things yeah, and whatnot. Definitely. But it's got to be vastly different from you guys' previous band before between the Baird and me. Yeah, oh, yeah. you know, um, Prayer for Cleansing yeah. and whatnot. So I'm sure your writing is completely different. Oh yeah. How old were you guys when you were in that band? I mean, you must have been Lord. like teenagers, right? Yeah. Paul was in it before Paul started the band. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was. I like joined eight. late. 18 or something, you know? Yeah, I was, yeah. Nine, I was 19 when I was 20. Were you guys still in or years ago? Yeah. high school, college when you guys formed in 2000? The Between the Buried and Me? Uh, it was college dropout. Yeah, we just, yeah. I think, yeah, I think first year of college, bro. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah, you were, we were in Raleigh, yeah. 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 I, yeah. Just, I went one semester. All right, yeah. I, Cause I think I was like in last year high school when you guys just started coming out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Once yeah. you guys were touring and whatnot, I was out of school, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, and talking about writing, is it's cool to think. Because we, we did an evening with in Europe recently, and we played a song off that first album. And, and I would catch myself on stage kind of just thinking about, you know, how we wrote that oh, song yeah. and how we, you know, we didn't have any recording equipment. It would just be us literally sitting in our apartment, like, just memorizing the riffs and, like, what's the next part? Okay. And it's just, it's so different now. It's got to be hard you know? memorizing between the Barry to Me songs in general. It's, I'm just, sure. it's just cool to think about how we used to write compared to now because now it's very very calculated yeah. yeah and also back then it was it was mostly me and tommy just writing yeah. everything you know now everybody yeah. writes so um i guess it's much more collaborative it's amongst all five members now that's cool and um you guys still big counting crows fans see that's a th- I, I, no i, I pictured I like, mr jones I mean, playing I in the back like the, i think they're a great band but i you know i don't i wouldn't say i keep track of their newer material or anything yeah no, it was more of a joke question than anything <laughs> yeah but, well i mean i don't want to discredit i mean they are a good band you know, I care what they interesting do. sound i judge bands by the ratio of good and bad and i would say they have their ratio is not too good in my book 
not too But they've good. also had yeah. a very long They had some really good songs and albums, but I would say yeah. most, in my opinion, from my personal taste. They did the Put Up the Parking Lot, right? That was one of their songs. Yeah, but they didn't write that one. Put Up the Parking Lot. That's, that's a, um, I don't like this one. <laughs> Who wrote that song? Joni yeah, Mitchell. That's a Joni yeah. Mitchell song. Oh, I think okay. They covered it, maybe. Okay, nice. Um, so let's switch gears off the yeah. kind of gross. <laughs> Uh, one one song that that's uh, one of, that's one of the questions we don't like. <laughs> that's why I had to I had to bring it up. I knew you guys didn't like probably the band the band name question, so I just wanted to like make light of that. But um, one of the things I posted on Instagram that we were having you guys on, and we had people like write in, yeah. you know, like, hey, what do you want to ask between the bear and me? Uh, one of them that I thought was quite funny was, what the fuck is a selkie? <laughs> Shit, I don't remember. Wasn't it from some sort of like? I remember you told me one time it was like. It's it's some Irish like folk. yeah it's some cre- some yeah, I think made up creature that can you know walk on land and swim mm, and okay like amphibious amphibious, amphibious yeah. interesting uh, yeah the problem with lyrics is I've written a lot <laughs> going back to 2005 and thinking about that song I remember that song was about like children and and being able to you know, not judge one another and they just come together naturally and how we grow out of that mm. or basically turn into pieces of shit. Or taught that, you mean? Yeah, 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 taught that. Yeah, exactly. So that, I know that was the kind of the motive behind writing that song. Cool. So, um, like you said, you guys have been doing this thing for quite some time. We're coming up on 20 years next mm-hmm. year. Do you have any, like, big plans as far as next year goes, whether it's a uh, new release or a 20th anniversary tour? I mean, there's, there's things we're kind of trying to figure out right now nothing's solidified or anything yeah we're actually probably right you know we're kind of in the process of trying to figure figure out plan out the the year i guess you know how far in advance do you guys plan because uh you usually tour with like an album for a year year plus yeah you know so we normally plan pretty far out uh yeah we may have some things planned but we're not gonna talk about it (laughs) (laughs) damn it I mean, in a nutshell, yeah. though, I mean, any band, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It's 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 all cyclical, so it's like, you write an album, you tour for two years. You write mm-hmm. another album, you tour for two years, so. Do you ever set, like... It's a, no mystery that probably next, you know, we're winding down on a tour cycle yeah, right. right now, so it's kind of like the next thing is yeah. around the corner, which does require a lot of planning and strategizing and stuff like that, so we're, like, just now starting that that process, but it's hard because we're, like, still on tour, so mm-hmm. it's hard to get in that mindset of, like, thinking about the future when you're just kind of still in the throes of, of this. Do you guys write on the bus at all or anything like that? You don't have any, like, a... I do. Normally, this tour, I've been really bad about it, but yeah, I try to I try to write a lot. Do you write... Uh, are you still doing side stuff? As yeah. Far? yeah, okay. Um, do you write Both. for that at all? Yeah. Or, okay. I would I say most you... of my solo material I write on the tour and some BT band stuff. Yeah. Cool. Um... I guess since we already talked about prayer for cleansing, I might as well just knock this question out too. It, they've been asking uh, when uh, when they can expect, if they can expect any kind of prayer for cleansing material and or anything from that. We've honestly not thought about not it. Not thought about it, but interestingly, somebody was telling, or no, I was talking to, uh, we played Raleigh the other day and Jimmy Chang came to the show. Jimmy He's um, did a stint <laughs> in prayer for cleansing. He was played in Undying. He plays Insect. Um, and he's like very still immersed in like the hardcore, hardcore, hardcore world. Is that a workout term? Um, yeah, <laughs> we're a little detached from it, although the, you know obviously that's like our roots and stuff. But he's like, dude, like 
everybody loves like the '90s yeah. hardcore stuff right now. And yeah, hardcore stuff, and I'm like really, really a big swing right now. Yeah, and so I'm like, man, maybe you need to strike while the iron's hot here. Get a prayer, but probably not. I don't even. If you, if I had to learn all this, I mean, Tommy would have to teach me the song. I don't remember any of that stuff. Like yeah. my brain. It's a lifetime ago. Almost. It's a it's, lifetime it ago. A lifetime it's ago. like, yeah, it's crazy. But to put it this way, we have got, as far as I know, zero offers to do anything. Yeah, nobody. Okay. We haven't turned down anything. No. At this point. For anyone. So, but we still know all the guys. We like money. You know? <laughs> money helps a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Money helps. But uh, <laughs> it definitely helps. But yeah, we still we still know all the guys. I mean. Everybody's doing their own thing now, but yeah, we you know. Not that you would know this problem, I you probably wouldn't know this question, but I think when we talked to Jamie last time, uh, Jamie King, obviously mm-hmm. you know a friend of yours, um, he maybe mentioned that Glass Casket was maybe writing some stuff or had been re- uh, writing stuff. Been talking about that and, for like yeah. ten years now. Yeah, I cannot. Im- I mean. And again, you're like probably not the best two to ask. Yeah, you know, you're not, I mean, you had to pry Blake away from you know Fortnite. And uh, whatever other <laughs> shit he's got going on. Is he a big on. streamer? Or just plays no, it just plays for it like, Yeah, he just plays it a lot. I don't know. I'm just giving him a hard time. I don't know if they would do... I don't know if they do anything or not. I mean, they always... I feel like they're always talking about doing stuff. And just I think the idea... I think they like to talk about doing it. I don't know if about, it actually happens. It's like more more into talking about it instead of doing it. Yeah. yeah. They, were, they were great. Yeah, they, That's how we recruited Dusty and, and Blake. Yeah. Because we played shows with them and we're like, damn, these guys are... Good, you know. Yeah, we didn't realize how young they were. At the time. Yeah, I remember that. Remember we asked, you know, when when Will quit the band, we were like, "Oh, I should get Blake." And yep. we called him up, and we found out he was like a junior in high school yeah. or somewhere. We like, oh, yeah, because we had. A, I remember we had a tour book with God forbid. Oh yeah. At that time, well, I think we had to cancel because we didn't have a drummer. Um, yeah. Yeah, I called Blake, and he's like, "I can't. I'm in high school." I have six period to go to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's crazy. Um. Off topic here, but about you guys. Um, one of the first times I saw you and Glass Casket play together hmm. was this really small and I would say crappy festival. Was it with Beloved? They may have been there. A lot of bands were That's there. Probably part of that. It was probably, probably part of that. North Carolina. You may not have toured, but you definitely oh, okay. played this little festival, and there was like a group of uh, like groups of bands there. Yeah. Uh, Bunny Fest. I don't know if you remember. Oh that. yeah, I remember yeah. Bunny Fest. Okay. Was yeah. it outside? Yes. Yeah. And like a dock. Augusta, it could have been like Georgia. a dock, something like that. Yeah, it was right around the river. Yeah, that was a. Uh, of course, I drove. I think we had to drive like six hours or seven hours yeah. to get to I that. Rem- I remember that show. Trivium yeah. played. God forbid played. I, I think. That. Um, yeah. Evergreen Terrace was there because yeah. they were from Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird. I remember those shows more than I remember. You know, the last shows few on years. this tour. Yeah. Yeah. Were those? Is that because it's, it's like more fun? Because you were like in a younger band and like you were yeah. just younger. Also, you just pl- yeah, it's new. It's ex- like every experience is like very exciting. Like I'm sure that was the first time we ever played <laughs> yeah. next to a river. You know what yeah, I mean yeah, or yeah. whatever. And um, and now everything's very routine. Yeah, you play you know, the you, same you, places all the time. Back then, you didn't have a sound check at a certain time. You didn't have you know the, you know everything that our day to day involves. No sound check at all. Yeah, you, you, you just every day was completely different. You just kind of show up and sometimes it was smooth sometimes mm-hmm. it's total chaos. I guess it makes the experience yeah. a lot more like memorable which I'm glad yeah. we lived through all that um, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to do that now you rough it yeah yeah no roughing it yeah yeah this is pretty rough yeah compared I'm sure yeah yeah <laughs> um, yeah uh, so 
Speaking of which, what caused you guys to reach out to to them outside of them uh, to Glass Casket to Blake and Dusty? Obviously, uh, was it just because they were kind of like a local band around you guys, but you were, were also good. really good? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it was like, I mean, I guess in those days we were kind of in dire situation. Yeah, at least we, at we that time too. I mean, it's a lot different now. Everybody like shreds now, but back then it was like kind of hard to find like competent yeah. musicians to play what we were playing at the time, which was fairly complex stuff um so yeah we were like oh these guys are from the same state and they can they can probably play this stuff you know mm-hmm. so um that's definitely what made us want to get them involved you know what do you think it is about like north carolina that just is kind of like the hotbed for like metalcore metal stuff because a lot of bands a lot of bands that are in the scene and a lot of bands that are still active are kind of from yeah. not your area but just like north carolina in general yeah i mean there was like there's groups of people that kind of did a lot. I mean, like, down in Charlotte, there was, you know, Day of Suffering, and from there spawned, you know, there was Undying and Prayer Plunging. It was all a small, very small group of people. Some of it yeah. happened in, in parallel, which I think is kind of crazy, because, like, Undying was in Raleigh, Prayer was in Charlotte, and we kind of started around the same time. Yeah. And we were both, like, unbeknownst to each other, were, like, kind of doing this, like, metalcore thing and doing guitar harmonies and stuff like that, very inspired by, like, kind of European um, melodic metal combined with, like, sort of hardcore, mm-hmm. you know, stuff. Um, and, and then, you know, yeah, that, that kind of happened in parallel, and then it was like, oh, you guys are doing doing that, too? We're doing <laughs> it, too. And then, yeah, it just kind of, like, became this, like, breeding ground for that kind of kind of stuff. But, yeah, a lot of people probably haven't heard of them. But Day of Suffering was definitely, like, a huge part of that. They were from Wilmington, North Carolina, and they were just doing that, like, you know, thrashy, like, Slayer thing, like, fast. That's like kind Death of Metal Hardcore yeah. before that was a and, thing. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. they they weren't around for very long. I think they're, they're actually <laughs> they doing metal core. Oh, metal stuff. Stuff. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, like, yeah, they started doing that, and then, you know, we were definitely kind of inspired by that, and then. Next thing you know, like, and then, like, you know, Unearth was kind of starting to do that kind of thing yeah. up in the Northeast. And um, I just remember as, yeah. as a kid, I also, as a older teenager, younger 20s, whatever, because I'm up there with you guys in age. Um, I remember I had I had my own little zine, you would, if you want to call yeah. it. And I remember finding all these bands and like, oh, of course, North Carolina. They're just from North Carolina. Like, you know, even like you said, Beloved's coming back there yeah. from there. And, you know, so it's just crazy that. A lot of those bands kind of came from that area, you know. It's yeah. like one of those things where, like, they'll go back one day and talk about grunge, you know, yeah, yeah. and how like all the bands you know that are super huge were like uh, all from bros, Seattle, right? yeah, in the same little yeah. area. So it's like it's funny and interesting how when you talk to people that are involved in it, that that's how it yeah. is all the time. It's just kind of unexpected. Like you wouldn't think that North Carolina would be the place where all that. Yeah, was yeah. or a lot of it was was happening. You know, you would expect it in a different place. So, must be all the cigarettes and moonshine. Or yeah, it must. Be, yeah. Um. So, what was? I mean, obviously, the goal when you start a band isn't necessarily to be like make it big, make it rich. No. Uh, did you guys ever like fathom twenty years later you'd still be here? No. No. I mean, we've never been a band. I mean, even now we don't really look that far ahead. You know, I think we've always kind of just taken it one thing at a time. And, I mean, I know when we started, we probably, I don't know, I mean, me personally, I was like, we'll probably do a few records, and hopefully people will care, and yeah, it just kind of kept going and going, and 
before you know it, it's been 20 years. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, back yeah, then, you crazy. have no, I mean, like, we were young. and Nobody and, made money back then. Yeah, there, you didn't make There was money. no such thing as a band that... I mean, is anyone making money now? <laughs> I mean, you're getting by, you know, but, yeah, you know. We, yeah. You know, we're fortunate enough to just, like, make a living doing it, but yeah. it's definitely, like, you know, if, if it all ended today, like, I got to look for a job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah, not yeah. like we've been See, so guys, it. this is basically like your full-time gig, though. There's no, like, yeah. I mean, you might have studio work on the side because you guys probably are plugged into that scene, but you're full-time between the Barry to Me members, no side jobs? No. no not, not really. I mean, Just music stuff. Yeah. Paul does some coffee, coffee stuff. Yeah, I've got, like, a coffee business back home, but okay, cool. know, that's not, like, you know, I wouldn't be able to depend on that right now for it's a passion project. For the most yeah, part. passion project. Hopefully, it's something I can fall back on when and if this this ever uh, the wheels fall off of this thing. But you know, I think we we all want to do this for as as long as we can. Yeah, until the wheels fall off. Yeah, I don't drink coffee at all. I've never gotten into it. I'm gonna get you. Well, I'm gonna get you into it. There's a fantastic place down the road, by the way. Not Starbucks. No, it's not Starbucks. It's called Deeply Coffee. Like blew my mind. It was really good. Coffee? Do you, yeah, you drink his coffee? Yeah. yeah. Great coffee. Yeah. Nice. Very good. Do you want to plug it? Uh, Nightflyerroastworks.com. Go go to the website. Order some beans. Um, beans. Are they yeah. are they? Uh, I heard bat droppings is a big problem with. Or is bat droppings? I, yeah. They don't grow coffee in caves. No, I know, but there was like there was like fecal matter in the beans or something like that. I don't know. I, I read mean, that somewhere. If there is, they clean all that shit out, literally. Uh, um, good. I don't. I don't know anything about that. No, there's, there's some weird like. That, I'm sure. No, no, no. Uh, all ours is like we we source like specialty coffee. There is a thing that people you probably heard people talk about like uh, it's called kopi luwak. It's like an Indonesian coffee where the they essentially feed like coffee cherries to these civet cats. Yes, and they that's, sh- that's and what they it is. Shit yeah. them out, and and that's and they use the they process those those seeds for coffee but that's like in the specialty coffee world that's a bit taboo it's unethical and so we don't we don't fuck around with that but people will talk about it and they like, have this civet cat shit why would you want to drink that yeah the it's way you're describing gross. it doesn't make me want to try it's, it it's literally been digested by a, by a cat <laughs> you know it's yeah, like why weird. would you want that yeah so. and I'm sure when they're talking about stuff like that, it's massively, massively produced coffee rather than like select boutique kind of. Right. Operation. I mean, if something like that is uh, something that they stumbled across by accident because they were like, all these civets eat coffee cherries, and they were like, they would gather up the feces and like, let's try this this because they shit the bean out mm-hmm. and seat. And then uh, they're like, let's try this coffee. And then it became like this boutique thing. And now they go and capture these fucking things and put them in cages, and it becomes this totally. You know, like anything else, humanity just bastardizes yeah. everything, and uh, now it, now it's an awful, awful thing, and they charge all this money for it, and stupid tourists probably are like, oh, this is let's get the authentic Indonesian experience here, and <laughs> it's obviously it's probably not very good, and it's never tried it. No, I would never. I've smelled uh, it. I was at a cafe in China one time that had it. I was like, I'll smell it. The first person to try it must have been out it of It smelled mind. pretty good, I'll be honest with you. But no, I didn't drink it. Mm, like, interesting. Not interested. So uh, the first couple records that you guys put out, uh, you know, Silent Circus, stuff like that, Alaska, um, you kind of had the more abrasive, um, you know, hardcore metal mm-hmm. sound. Then uh, when you started, JP was speculating on the way down here. When you met Jamie, you kind of 
change your sound. I don't know if I would agree with him per se, but does that have anything to do with just the way you guys went forward after Alaska with colors and, and everything like that? No, I wouldn't say meeting Jamie. I I wouldn't say it changed the sound, but... Maybe the way you were recording it, I don't I know. I feel like know. we learned a lot, anatomy of the cover record we did. Um, I think just trying so many different kinds of music within that album, just learning how to re- actually record the different sounds and everything, I think that really inspired us to be like, oh, maybe we could possibly do some other things and, you know, this stuff is exciting as well. Um, it's, it's all in our DNA. Um, I mean, we had new members around, you know, at Alaska and like everybody, they have different things and, you know, in their DNA and, you know, we just kind of, I would say it was just a natural evolution. It wasn't anything we really planned out or, or it happened because of Jamie. Yeah. Especially, I mean, um, Jamie's always just tried to help us achieve whatever we were trying us. to do. Oh, yeah, I didn't know he was like a producer. No, I mean, you know, he, that guy. I would say he's like, you know, a co-producer, but yeah. he, he wasn't ever, he never, he's not the type of guy that's going to try to change the direction of what you're doing. Yeah. He's going to try to say, okay, this is what you want to do. Let's try to make that happen yeah. in, in the best way possible. I mean, he tried it. He's done that ever since we recorded our first demo. With mm-hmm. him, you know what I mean? Even though that music to him at the time was probably pretty foreign, you know, he was <laughs> yeah. like, what the hell are you guys doing? You know, this but, is a new metal. Um, <laughs> but you know, a lot of it is, is, is just, growth as people you know back then we were young we were trying to write just crazy stuff you know abrasive atonal at times like and then sort of temper it with with some melodic stuff but as time went has gone on you know again with the new members and and you know there's just at certain points in your career you do start shifting gears a little bit and um we started moving towards just a a slightly more stripped down songwriting process, trying to do more with less, yeah. as opposed to just cramming a bazillion riffs into mm-hmm. a song and, and writing. You know, we weren't we were no longer trying to like blow people's minds with how crazy the music yeah, we're was. Trying now to, like, we're just trying to you know make point. it a little mm-hmm. more um, you know I don't want to say more listenable, but like just you know songs that are more reflective of where we're at in life and, and yeah. as musicians, like yeah. where we where we've kind of grown to. so But that's just a natural thing. I mean, yeah. every band's done that, for yeah. better or worse. Metallica does that. Yeah. You know, I mean, Metallica did that. Uh, you know, some people hate it. Some people are okay with it, you know, but... Newer Metallica you talk about? Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, they're not going to sound like what they sounded like in ju- 1987. It's genuine, you know? at least. You yeah, know, I, I feel like albums should represent the band in that moment, you know, and I, and I feel like when I look back at our entire catalog, even though there's... I'm not 100%. I don't love everything we've done. It sounds genuine to where we were. You know, I think back to, yeah. you know, when we were writing and what the kind of music we wanted to write. And it's it's all very genuine. We never have been, like, forcing ourselves to really fit in a certain place or, or write a certain kind of album. Um, and that's what I'm most proud of, I guess, is just that everything sounds very genuine to where we were as musicians. And still, to this day, I think we're writing... Literally, what naturally is coming to us. Okay. We're, not, we're not really cool. trying to. And Jamie, like he's saying, Jamie's just always been great to help us achieve. Like he kind of sees what we want and and how we are as musicians and how the the songs sound at that moment, and he just caters to it. And we've all been growing. I mean, because we started working with him when he barely knew what the hell he was doing. <laughs> yeah. We didn't know what we were doing, so we kind of it's been a a growing process for both of us. And do you guys? 
It's been plan to use him going forward too. Say it again. Do you guys plan to use him continuing going forward? Or? Um, I mean, we haven't like sat down to talk about, it, but yeah, I mean, I, it, tra- we love like tracking, especially with him. It's just he's like another member of the band. Yeah, at this point. it's just so comfortable. I mean, the last few records, I mean, it doesn't feel like work. You know, yeah. all, you know, most of our, you know, when it comes to songwriting and recording, most of the 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 real real work and just going through everything with a fine tooth comb and all that is it's before we get in the studio because now you can't you can't record for six months you have to you have to spend all that that precious time before you get in the studio so when it's time to actually walk in the door we're we know exactly how the record's going to sound he's just there to help us achieve you know the best sounds we can get yeah and he put you know he helps i think he's great at you know just kind of pushing you that like extra inch yeah. whether it's like harmonizing a lead or throwing mm-hmm. an extra vocal harmony on he's just he's very musical <laughs> he's very yeah. very musical which people probably don't uh, know about him is that he's just got a fan he's just got a yeah. really he's good, not just the drummer of a new metal no, no, band yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, like, he's got a yeah. great ear for music mm-hmm. like he hears you know he just hears everything we, well I tried to get some dirt out even there you know <laughs> I tried to get some dirt on you guys from him today but he didn't reply back in time so uh, okay <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get some kind of inside weird joke to drop on you guys uh, to kind of like throw you off guard, but uh, I have some stuff. Um, so like in the what the fuck I was going to ask you. Well, we're talking about new members and whatnot. Obviously, new members from like years and years, yeah, years it's ago. Not really new anymore. Yeah. Um, in the earlier days, you did have some kind of like changes in your lineup frequently. Yeah. Was that just mostly because you guys were young, or what has made it that this current state of the band has lasted this long? Well, you you were talking about earlier, like for know, college and stuff like that. Well, yeah, I mean, like you're saying, there, there was a point in our career where it's like, okay, people actually do care. We actually are going to be a, a full time band, you know. We're like, all right, so how do we make that happen? And and there was only a few of us who wanted to go along with that ride, you know. And we just needed to find people that could could handle the stresses of touring. I mean, back then we were touring a lot, mm-hmm. you know, a whole lot, and you know, you couldn't really have any sort of life outside of this. And, you know, personal, people just didn't want to do it or they, they didn't connect with the music the way that, you know, we did. And, yeah, well, I mean, once the current lineup we have now, we've had since, what, 2005, 2004, something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were they on the Alaska record yeah, or did they yeah, record? Yeah, we wrote, we wrote a record Alaska. we wrote with. with yeah. I, knew they cha- I knew you guys changed it then, but I didn't know if you had recorded it. And there was a few, along. like, we went through a lot right before that, you know, like, I mean, there was a point where we were just like, is this ever going to work out? Like, are yeah. we going to I mean, there was a brief period where Tommy and I were the only people in the band. Yeah. First. Mm. We were like, shit, we need three people. Yeah. Immediately. You know? We yeah. So you put so some ads out on the stream. Yeah. Pretty much. But and we really those, looked out. You know? Yeah. And those guys, you know, got us through a certain time. But, um, you know, once we got, like, Blake, or once we got Dusty, and then we were able to get Blake on board, I mean, I mean, you know, like, Blake dropped out of college straight up yeah. to join this band. So, you know, when we got these guys, these these are the guys that were like, we want to be musicians. We yeah. want to be career musicians. And that's what it took at a certain point. Like, before that, you know, yeah, you're dealing with people who are like, man, I can't tour. I can't sleep in a van yeah. and, and do this, you know. And even now, like, it's such an unstable career, you know. It's like, yeah. so, you know, you can imagine when you're sort of in your early 20s, that sort of fork in the road, like, am I going to do this or am I going to do something where, you know, I've got... Uh, health benefits and 401k <laughs> maybe or something like that which it ain't this world at all so no. you know you're you know yeah we were just able to weather the storm 
most bands, honestly, are, are not. You no, know, yeah, you're, you're, you're right. It all kind of dissolves around that point. But Especially the bands that came, you know, early 2000s. I, I feel, though, <clears throat> like we were talking, I don't know, previously with the metalcore and metal art, the hardcore sound is kind of coming back in a revival type situation where it's a lot of newer bands are more decent than they have been in the past. But I feel like bands that have weathered the storm for this past, like, 20 years, whatever, I feel like they also will benefit greatly going forward, too. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, how you say career musicians, there might be another 10, 20 years left in yeah. in the career trajectory going forward just because the the resurgence is yeah. there, you know? Um, it just felt like there was a, a, a while, you know, 2010 to almost now-ish time where it was a big lull. I don't know if you guys feel the same way or anything, but... It just depends on what, you know... What the what you consider the lull to be? I mean, I think certain kinds of kinds of music there were, but I don't know. I've always been constantly looking for something not just outside of this world, but you know, I think music's always been alive and well, and yeah. But I think within that community, it's it's right now is a great time. I mean, for instance, our, our merch guy on this tour, he's he's young, he's twenty four, um, and he's very in touch with the hardcore scene. And it's cool to kind of get his perspective on it all. And, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that, I mean, they, they, he knows literally every band we grew up on. I, I mean, know. even Stuff the, even the, came like, out before he was born. Yeah, even yeah. The, the deep cut stuff, you know, it's like, it's crazy. Bands are talking about, you know, Turmoil and, you know, Trial. And all these crazy. Crazy. All I mean, these it's bands. like the, the, the equivalent of me, you know, being his age and being like Fleetwood Mac, man. Hell yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, Fleetwood Mac is awesome, but like, it's just weird to, you know, see Yeah, but it's such a smaller scale. I know, it's like it's a like, band like Fleetwood Mac is like, of course, you know, yeah, they pop. Sold, yeah. Yeah. But it's crazy that these bands that, I mean, especially back then, they probably, they didn't sell anything. Yeah, or, yeah, you know, I, we used to obscure. go to the shows, there were 40 people at these shows. Yeah. You, know, you had to pass like cassette tapes with one another yeah, to yeah, find yeah. out a band. It's, so, yeah. it's awesome, man. No, I, I agree with that. I think it's great that that's coming back. And, and yeah, I mean, hearing a lot of the new hardcore bands, it's, it's good. It's really good shit, man. Yeah. It's like they've they've taken kind of what people were doing back then, and it obviously sounds better because of technology. And yeah, there's 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 still that energy, and which kind of makes me miss that drive I had back then. You know, so yeah. it's cool to kind of. Is it more like a job now? Oh, it is a job. It's not more like a job. Well, I mean, like as yeah. far as like uh, yeah, back then, uh, you know, we li- we could you could live off. Four hundred dollars a month or whatever, you know. It's like now I get, still live with yeah, mom a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and yeah just go on tour. Wives and kids, and you know, responsibility. Yeah, lots of responsibility. So yeah, yeah, it's definitely different. Yeah. But. When you guys uh, were starting out, were you ever afraid that people wouldn't really get it, like the music or anything like that? Like whether it be too progressive, too technical, or, or were you always just like, this is what we're going to do? And I mean, I think it. it was always in the back of our mind, but we we didn't. It's not like we were the stakes making, weren't very yeah, high. The stakes back then. weren't high. So yeah, it's like, true. If it like when we wrote this first few records, it's like if people don't like it, we'll just figure something else out. We're young. You know, that's what you do anyway when you're mm-hmm. young. I mean, I'll yeah. be honest. I'm more concerned about that now. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like you said, it is a job. Yeah. So now when we write a record, it is like, man, I hope this resonates with our fans. Yeah. So we can tour for two more years. Yeah. And I can pay these bills. Yeah. Because if you, <laughs> you have two I mean? years of people not caring, yeah, that's you're kind like of, how you're kind okay, of we got to figure a way to survive. Right. Two years. So. When you're, when you're, when you're planning and writing for the future, are you, are you trying to, uh, and then 
not really appease the fan base, but are you writing for the fan base, or are you writing for, like, new I th- listeners, initially, too? Initially, we always write just kind of what po- what how we're feeling at the moment, and we kind of analyze, you know, we each write a lot separately, and we kind of just see where we are as a band, and, like, as much as we try to say, like, no, we don't think, you know, this is all for us, blah, 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 I think it's always kind of in the back of our mind. But I think we, after all these years and as a band, we have a really good grasp of what's good and bad. And I think that's what we've always kind of steered the band with is just our own opinions of our music. Mm-hmm. And I think we just kind of hope that, you know, what we think is good is still what people think is good. Right. You know? But, I mean, it's always in the back of your head. Yeah. Like, And I people. think it, it probably varies from member to member. Yeah, probably, but, like, yeah. for me... I think the the actual creative process is still pretty raw. Like yeah. you you are trying to just write what what you hear in your head, you know, yeah. and, and all that. But I think now there's like there's definitely like this analytical phase where we're like when you listen back and 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 you're much more critical of mm-hmm. of it, and you're you know we're trimming a lot of fat and yeah, and we, that's yeah. where you're that's where you start thinking about things like how's this going to translate live, you know, or like yeah. it, it, or is there too much going on or is there not enough going on? Like, whereas bef- in the old days, it, we, didn't give a shit. we didn't give a shit. We were just like, fuck it. Let's, yeah. you know, like just do whatever. But so, but I still think like the, the actual, like, you know, when we're just like coming up with ideas, that's still like a very kind of raw process. Yeah. And, you, and you are trying to just, whatever music is inside you, trying to sort of get it out. And then it's like, once you start building the song and stuff, there is definitely much more, um, self critique and, mm-hmm. and stuff that goes on, and that's where I think that that plays a role. Where you're like, are people gonna dig this? Yeah. You know, as lame as that sounds, you know, it is important because if they don't dig it, yeah, you ain't doing you know, this. Yeah, you're and, not doing and, this, and yeah. you you lose momentum or you just you know or whatever. So, and I think now there's a lot of per- personal pressure that I don't think existed a whole lot in the past. Like, it's cool. We're, you know, we're to a point as a band now where we have so much trust in each other and I you know I, I think that's one of the reasons why we, we get along as a group so well is because we you know when it comes down to recording we almost just let each other do our thing like we nobody's ever looking over each other's shoulder you know it's just kind of like but I think because of that we all have this like personal pressure like I want to do the best that I've ever done I want to make the dudes happy you know mm-hmm. I want to make, you know, I want the fans to notice it. So I think that's something that, I, I, at least me, I never felt that in the past. I just kind of like, oh, I'll, I'll figure this out and just record it. And it is what it is. Where now I'm like, fuck, I, I really want to, like, step it up every time. Cool. You know, and, and I think that's from learning from past mistakes, you know, with recording or writing. Like Paul said, like doing too much or, or not doing enough here or there or, or even just like on a nerdy level like recording techniques right. you know just things you should have done so yeah that's another big difference I think yeah I asked that really because it took me personally a while to get in to your band mm-hmm. it was one of the bands A one of the cooler names that was out around that time so it just seemed like a cool I just wanted to like you guys a yeah. lot because you know you were a heavy one and I love the band name which is lame I know but still <laughs> you know, we were young and I think around Alaska is when I started to be like, okay, I can get, get I get it now. You know what I mean? And then Colors came out and, you know, that was, you push play and then next thing you know, an hour later, the song is done, you yeah. know, for the most part. And uh, it, th- those were great albums. And even I steered 
away from you guys for a little bit just mm-hmm. because you know, 20 years is a long time. I'm just now in the last, this last year, falling in love with Coma Eclectic. You know what I mean? Like that, for me, would be like my favorite. It was Colors, obviously, because yeah. the whole, you know, you get the you get the Colors album, then you do the re-release, and I watched the DVD a million freaking times, you know. And uh, yeah, so now it's Coma Eclectic and the newer stuff. So you know, whatever you guys are doing, it's working. So you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, um, we're yeah. not one of those bands. I think. I mean, that's something we've always struggled with, like in a live setting, especially. Is I feel like when you see us or hear us for the first time. It's so much. It's so dense and so much going on that you really don't know what to think of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you know some bands. You see them, you hear them for five minutes, you get the band. You're like, okay, this is awesome, or this is not my thing. But with us, I think you know it requires a little more attention. Got to work. Um, yeah, the, the listener has to work out. Yeah, which I understand. That's not for everybody. I mean, but your I, I don't based... have that attention for a lot of music now right. either. You know, so I mean, the fact that there are people still like. You know, going back and diving into records that they may not have dove into at some point. You know, it's pretty, you know, it's it's awesome to hear that, you know, because we get it. You know, I think a lot of bands take offense to that, but it's like, I mean, albums have a lot to do with your, you know, your life as well. Like, Colors resonates with a lot of people, and I think it's because of the time period and what they were going through. You know, we all have albums that are dear to us, and it might have something to do with what was going on in our lives at that moment. You know, those are things I think bands need to kind of understand and not not take offense if yeah. people kind I mean, of fall off. Or... Yeah, everybody talks about colors. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And and would you consider that your breakthrough kind of album? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and I think we're realistic in knowing that like that album, you know, it just had legs. You know, it's yeah. it's really why we're honestly still doing this at this level because it did resonate with a lot of people and and we got so many miles out of that <laughs> record. You yeah. know and and you're right, like, you know, every album we put out after that, like, I like it, you know, I like yeah. the Automata stuff more than I like Colors, because yeah. it's like the most accurate right. representation of me and us yeah, yeah. now, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but, like like Tommy was saying, like, Colors just, it resonated, resonated with a lot of people, and it came out, like, at, at the right time, I think, and, yeah. and, you know, it's most likely going to always be, regardless of what we put out in the future... It's most likely going to be like most of our fans' like favorite record, right? And that's where a lot of our fans started. I think. And you can, as an yeah, artist, so you can either resent that and be like, "Well, the news stuff's way," but but I, I think we're just appreciative of the fact that it had that kind of impact. And like, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like, I still like playing those si- those songs live because yeah. people get stoked on them. And we probably will always play, you know, that material. Like I said, though, <laughs> every song on that album has, has still has legs. Yeah, you know, we can bust out any of those live. And they they generally always um, go over pretty well, whereas you know there's songs that we put out after that 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 uh, you know go over like a fart in a space suit, you know <laughs> live and and we still like them but you know they just don't resonate with people right. in the same way so yeah. um, rather than like I think it'd be unhealthy to like be bummed out about that it's yeah. just the way it is you know and I think we're okay with that but at the same time like like you said you know people I think will still if they're still casual fans of us hopefully they will dig into the newer stuff and it will and they'll like it or it'll grow on them or, right. or whatever well i think the harder the fan has to work to be into something whether i mean again not forcing some yourself to like something but we've said it a million times on this podcast uh pop music is easy to get and it's yeah. easy to like but yeah. also the life of pop music or the shelf life of certain songs 
is very short. Yeah. If you have to dive into something and you're more invested in it to where like you have to learn to like something maybe, yeah. you it carries way longer with yeah, you. Definitely. You know what I mean? Plus you feel like you're part of a cool club because you yeah. like this yeah. weird progressive tech yeah, yeah. death metal band, you know? And I think an inter- interesting about colors that I never really even thought about till we did the ten year thing a few years ago um, was that you know it is this this record that everybody looks at like our milestone or whatever. But I feel like at the time because we still you know we always got shit a band like us that changes drastically. You always get shit from your fan, like especially back in the day, like Silent Circus to Alaska. People are like, okay, it's getting a little. But then Alaska to Colors, I remember there was a lot of backlash right. when Colors came yeah. out, and I think. I kind of forgot that, and I think the band in general, and it, and it is funny to think about, there were moments after we released Colors, I was like, are, the people, are people going to like this record? Like, I remember even the, the the tour we did on the Colors album, like, we were playing not the best shows, and then, it, it like, after the fact, it was like, oh, this is the record, you mm-hmm. know, and it, so we had to kind of push through the small little window, which, on a creative side, I think that's that's good for musicians to hear like because you know maybe somebody's out there that wrote a record that maybe people aren't really feeling but it might it could grow into something that becomes like what they're identified by and i still remember writing colors that was the most apprehensive and terrified i've ever been yeah we were like even writing it i was like dude this is is because you're trying new stuff such a departure and and i was like And it, the writing process was weird. Like, it was the first time, like, Tommy was living in Louisiana then, mm-hmm. and, like, we were, there was a lot of, like, sort of remote um, was kind of the first, writing like, file and shit, stuff you know, like that. Right. Yeah, Plus, yeah. it's early, like, that's, like, early, yeah. you know, 2006, 2007 times, so it's, like, yeah. not as easy as it is yeah. nowadays yeah. to do I was that. I used to write and risk with Tommy and, like, you know, in a, in a, and face to face, you yeah, know, yeah, person yeah. or whatever. So, it w- I remember, like, being, and, and you're right, that it, it, maybe that is a good, um, like a good sign for other musicians that might experience the same thing. Sometimes that's like, you know, if you're feeling that apprehension or nervousness or anxiety about what what you're writing, you never know, man. It might, it might be, be the most thing, yeah. like yeah. the best thing you've ever written or something. So, uh, but yeah, I remember like writing and recording that. I was I was honestly terrified. And actually, it wasn't until I think Jamie King heard some of the demos of it, and he loved it. Yeah. He was like, "Dude, this is the best thing you guys have ever done." And I remember that like helping me personally i was like oh if jamie's into it man like we'll be all right you yeah. know what i mean so um but yeah it was like a terrifying time dad's approval right yeah um let me look through my questions that hq sent over that i have to ask <laughs> so you guys over the span of you know almost a quarter of a century have toured with a wide variety of bands whether they be small or astronomically huge. I mean, you did like the mega tour with like Dream Theater and yeah. Megadeth, was it? Right? Uh, no, Opeth. Opeth. Oh. It, it was called Progressive Nation. Okay. Opeth, Dream Theater, and then three. three. Did you guys tour with Megadeth? No? No. no. Never. Was it mega tour or something? Once. No. Uh, I don't know. I would tour. Them. That being said, what's the band that impressed you most that you have toured with, whether it be like a smaller band or a larger band? Oh, man, that's... That's man. That's impossible. I mean, I fuck. I because <laughs> Dream Theater is big too, especially for like you guys' yeah. little avenue. I mean, you guys are yeah. very, very talented musicians. So yeah. I assume that you respect the shit out of that. Depends on like for me, like I I love Opeth. So touring yeah. with them, I mean, they're one of my favorite bands. Period. So like touring with them was like yeah. my favorite band. But like, but it, you know, then again, it was like cool touring with Dream Theater because they're old. They're older guys and. 
like they still are are in it, you know, like and I and I thought that was cool. It almost like back I mean, we're like their age now that was a long as, time, as what yeah, they yeah. their age was when we toured with them basically. Yeah. So um or I am anyway. But uh yeah, just seeing like kind of a band that's had that kind of longevity and still have that sort of commitment to quality and ex- excellence, you know, and they they practice and they like that yeah. that was kind of cool to see and very impressive in its own right. But it's hard to say, man. We toured with so many like amazing bands. Yeah, like you said, small, big, whatever. Like this current tour is slightly strange for yeah. for me looking as an outsider. I had no idea who. Are you co-headlining or is it are Cron headlining or? Uh, Chon's they're. <sighs> I don't know. I think on paper it's a co-headliner, but I, I, I don't know. They play they last. Play last. They yeah, play last I mean, not that, as, so. not that that necessarily matters, yeah, yeah. but when I went and checked them out, I was like, hmm, I wonder how those fans will take the band that plays right before them. Yeah, I mean, it's you can definitely tell there's people that probably haven't been exposed to the kind of music we play. But even the opener night. before you guys is yeah, more along the line of you. I mean, yeah, that, that world, instrumental. that instrumental world definitely, uh, you know, we're lucky to be able to kind of be amongst that and still do fine. Um, I don't know. There is some crossover, surprisingly. There is some crossover. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely... I mean, like you said, we've done so many different kinds of tours that nothing feels really that odd anymore. Yeah. I mean, we toured with Dragon Force. We toured with... I mean, we've done, like... Done... Toured with Chiodos. Yeah. <laughs> you I know, mean, like... Well, I feel like in the beginning, too, whether the, the first 10 years... <laughs> the first 10 years, you're just touring with whoever, because, like, there's not a lot of people that are touring in the hardcore yeah, world yeah, in general, and next thing you know, it's like, yeah, Stretch Armstrong in between the barriers, yeah. you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Personal question, how weird or how semi-fulfilling or cool was it to play Bonnaroo? That was awesome. That was a good night. As a fan of you guys at the same time, plus I had been to Bonnaroo a handful of times, I was like, what the flip? I was like, that's crazy that you guys would be there. And then, again, seeing you play small clubs in my my hometown, Jacksonville, Bunny Fest, things like that, and then going to seeing you at like a festival that I I would attend regularly, like Bonnaroo and the massive amount of people that are there, I'm like, fuck, dude, this band is like, and I thought then you had made it. You know what I mean? And I feel like now you're even bigger and better than then. But it was just cool as a fan to see you guys play such a big stage like that, too. And cool is, I mean, that's a very, like, you know, as a, as a, as a band, like, that's kind of like a big deal, you know, yeah. to play a festival like that. Uh, I think that day there was, I mean, Slayer played, but other than that, I think we that was we were the only, like, real metal bands. And Paul yeah, Bear played right Paul before Bear, us. Yeah, there's not a lot of metal. Right, you know who played right festival. after us on the same stage, literally right after us? Who? Casey Musgraves. <laughs> so yeah, how weird, weird is that? Yeah. So, like, just to sort, I mean, it was just almost surreal. Like, uh, obviously she wasn't as, as huge as she is now, but she was getting there. And, like, just to be in that sort of eclectic, like, environment and to have a full... Yeah, the crowd was The crowd was insane. It was amazing, yeah. you know? Because like so, you play daytime, you yeah. know what I mean? So, And we're not, like, not to shit on ourselves, but we're not the best daytime band. Yeah. So like, I think it's hard for a daytime <laughs> anything, you know what yeah, I mean? Especially, so like, like yeah. day three, day two but, of a festival. Yeah. I would say fest for us, it's it's normally, like, either really weird or, or good, and that was, we lucked out. You know, yeah, it was really, being really cool. Yeah. So, yeah. I did happen to catch the next year, I think, or it may have been the same year, but I think it was the next year. Animals as Leaders also played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was cool because again, yeah. that's another band. Uh, Tobin, the guitar Tosin. player, Tosin. Uh, Tosin, yeah, for for that band, uh, I saw him play in his previous band, Reflux. like a, yeah, Reflux yeah, from Georgia, and I stopped him and I was like, hey man, Reflux was cool, and it blew his mind yeah. that I even like yeah. knew that. So. 
And it's cool to see, like, those people progress yeah, and become, like, super And the singer of Reflux yeah. owns Sumerian Records. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Speaking of that, we'll, we'll switch gears on to labels. Um, they seem to be, Sumerian seems to be one of the ones that are doing it right in the last, you know, decade or so. Uh, you guys have had a couple different labels you've been on, Victory yeah. being one. Uh, a lot of people, you know, kind of call uh, Tony, like, the mo- the biggest villain of hardcore. <laughs> um, but, like, was there, what was the reason for you guys leaving Victory in general to... to s- Our contract was up. Simple as that. That's it? Yeah. Yeah. Was- contract was up. Just try something else. Okay. You know, I didn't know because again he's one of the you never know could that's be how it was the with, uh, same with Metal Blade you know people were like what happened with Metal Blade it's like our contract was up you know I, and we want to try something different you know I they, mean, every every label has their pros and cons you know and, and a band like us that does try a lot of new things and you know has been around for so long you know we treat the business the same way we treat our music where we want to experience new things and see if something else may work better mm-hmm. for us uh, so, do yeah. they offer you to stay with them or do you just who? Whatever label you're with, Kurt. Yeah, like sometimes, the time. yeah. Just, yeah just, just, like, just like any business decision, you, you, whatever makes the most sense for your current situation. Yeah, and, and in this world, I mean, you know, the reality, I don't know what the perception is of, like, the, the, the average fan or whatever, but when you're kind of in this world, it's like, it's not like there's some sort of financial yeah. windfall from signing to X label mm-hmm. versus Y label. You yeah, know, it's, it's like just, the 80s like, dude, yeah. we're not, you know, it's not no like... No signing bonuses? Yeah, it's not like, hey, if you sign with us, we're going to give you $5 million. Yeah. You know, like... <laughs> Done deal. It does not happen. Yeah. It's it's literally just like, you know, we're going to make a living touring. We know yeah. that. Like, But it's like, okay, let's try this. Like Tommy said, you just kind of want to... You may want to try something different, you know? Yeah. So let's, let's see if maybe this label... We'll help with this one thing that we're like struggling with or whatever, you know, yeah. or, or, you know, or sometimes it's literally just like, let's just try something different. You know, we're, there's no. Cause we're in a position now where we can structure deals that are like one, maybe two albums. Where in the past it was like, you know, when you're starting out band, you're normally signing contracts or like multiple deals. Yeah. You know, our, our victory, I think, was four or five albums. That's why when I thought. Which was a lot, it's, you know. Yeah. It's but like, like LeBron James, got, dude. He just signs one-year deals. Yeah. Because yeah. he's like, I'm LeBron James. I've been at it for a long time. So you guys like LeBron James is like metal, with huh? this yeah. team. You oh, know? Yeah, I like that tag. He yeah. like, maybe he liked it. And then the next year, he's like, yo, let me see what's up with this other You team. know, I want to go play the Lakers. Screw yeah. it. Um, yeah. What was the the reason behind the cover album? Because some people think that it was just like to fulfill, uh, obviously. No, album, that, but then you had two albums after that with Victory. Yeah, so. it's not sexy sounding at all. It literally, I think, it might have been Victory's idea. What, what to do? What again? The, so the anatomy of out for a second. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I what? think LeBron was because it's something we just kind of talked about. It's you know just as band, just kind of like oh, that could be cool. But and I remember they kind of presented the idea. But it was actually separate from our contract. I do remember that. Okay, so, so it wasn't, like it wasn't wanted, yeah. didn't no. go to fulfilling any no. of those le- releases? No. Cool. And, and for us, it was just like, I think at that time, we weren't super busy touring, and we were like, eh, it'd be fun. Yeah. You know, let's and try it, it. It ended up being yeah, a lot of fun, and we ended up learning a lot, of, a lot from it. Yeah, it we learned. I feel like, yeah, very was glad, super glad we did that. It was very, I just remember it was insanely rushed. Oh, yeah. Like, even listening to it, my God, it's so rushed. Everything. I remember when I first heard it, I was interested to see your take on Bicycle Race. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then it was, it's basically like you guys just playing all those songs as Between the Bear and Me, not yeah. like 
creating your own right. cover. Like, there's no, like, breakdown in Bicycle Race. Yeah, That's yeah. what I was looking forward to. I was like, I wonder what they're going to do with these songs and, like, how they're going to church them up, so to speak. But it, they're still a great, I mean... That's probably my only regret down. about that record, is I wish we did put a little more of our spin on it. Yeah. But when I look back, I don't think we were comfortable enough as musicians to be able to do that, and it'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like if we did that album now, we... It would be, we could just make it killer. Yeah. I don't want to do another record like that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think, I think for what it was, it was. Yeah, well, like what, Tommy said, it was kind of rushed. It was very, I mean, it was a lot of songs. It was a lot yeah, of songs. Yeah, it's like. Yeah. And teens, 20 teens something? Teens yeah. Somewhere. Yeah, something yeah, crazy like that. A lot of stuff. And yeah. I remember we, we were kind of in over our head time wise, yeah. recording, and we definitely had to cut corners. And, <laughs> one that's part of it all, you know. One last thing with the victory thing, or two things before we move on from the label stuff um were you aware that at some point i think tony had talked with alex lamb goat guy when you guys left i guess he kind of and this is not verbatim so i don't i'm not quoting anybody but he along the lines of saying that you guys had peaked commercially <laughs> and that you'll never be any bigger than what you were with victory of course of course he'd say that yeah, which ended up we being stuff not like true, but obviously, yeah. Look, <laughs> yeah. you know, man. I mean, people are going to say what they're going to say. I mean, I, I don't. Maybe it was hurt that you left. You know, maybe, maybe you thought there was still something there with you, know, you guys. I don't have any resentment towards oh, towards yeah. the label or Tony. I mean, in in fact, I mean, they were the first. Like, I mean, before them, we were on a German record label, Life yeah, Force yeah. Records. Nobody in the states was remotely interested in what we were doing. And and so Victory and and Tony to his credit, yeah, like they, his they took somehow. a chance on a band that really. I mean, listening like to that it, stuff, yeah. how would you ever think it was going to be commercially viable right. to begin with? So, well, maybe it's because after uh, the the Colors album came out, and you know your your you, whole situation with well, that's, that. But. That's I mean anybody that has, I mean he has an ego. There's there's no denying that, and you know it's just part of his ego talking. True. I don't I mean I don't know. That was and, a genuine statement. I'm sure it's, he yeah. was upset we didn't stay with him. It's, it's natural. Yeah. Do you guys remain like? Do you guys talk with no. each other? Okay. No, I, I, sure. no, no, but I mean, he's you know he's a he's a business people you know he's forever going to be you know villainized or whatever. But at the end of the day, I mean, he's a businessman. Yeah. Sure, he's very shrewd. Um, I'm sure some of the stuff he does people would would perceive as as unethical or whatever. But you know, we signed we signed the deal. We yeah. fulfilled the deal. Yeah. They, they fulfilled the deal on their end, as far as we know. Um, we learned a lot. Certainly, between <laughs> all that, maybe some nefarious shit was going on. Maybe not. I have no idea. I don't even. Maybe care. it wasn't directly with you guys. Maybe yeah, you know, I, I outside even, of you guys. Yeah, I don't even care. So you know, we did. We did it. We finished the relationship, and we and we moved on, and we never even think about yeah. that stuff anymore. And I will either. say, regardless of you know a- anything we've dealt with with labels in the past, we've always. Every label we've ever been on, it's given us 100% creative freedom. Yeah. Cool. And I think that's the most important thing. I mean, granted, there's there's little things that anybody would change about anything, but the fact that they never were over our shoulder about our music, you know, still to this day, we, we just give labels our albums. Hmm. Like, we don't there's send, no we don't send them demos. We're just like, here's our record. It's us. Sell it. Yeah. <laughs> Do your job now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and for the, and, and we're very done, lucky, with and that. they've all done that. So yeah, we're you know. very lucky in this. Sense. Plus, Tony sold Victory for like thirty mil. So yeah, yeah. he's fine. Yeah, he's good right now. <laughs> yeah, he's fine. Uh, so the husband of Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman's daughter, Isabella. Hold on, what? Did you just say Tom? Yeah, Cruise? Well, let the man finish. I just did. I couldn't understand. I, I also was confused Cruise. as well when I got the text. So yeah, I had to. Tom apparently, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. 
Mission Impossible Tom Cruise. And Scientologist Nicole, Tom yes, Cruise. Yes. Well, he, I he read on... Is he still one? He's going to sign us. Oh. Yes. $30 million dollar deal. Scientology Records. Um, no, but apparently Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman have an adopted daughter, Isabella. Uh-huh. Okay. The uh, the actual father of Isabella is a Between the Buried and Me fan, so can you confirm or really? deny that Tom Cruise has in fact heard some Between the Buried and Me material? I have no idea. I have no idea. I hope, I hope so. I, How, hope he's heard, I, I hope he's heard it. I mean, well, actually... What if it gets him pumped before his big start? I would scene say he's influenced heavily by. It. Yeah, he <laughs> certainly is, and he'll probably put our he'll probably feature us in the next in his next yeah. movie, and we'll, that's probably when we'll finally get. Yeah, rich. I think that's that's probably going to happen. One hundred percent true. Yeah, and then you know you'll be on the soundtrack, maybe some cameos in the next yeah. mm-hmm. Mission Impossible eighteen or mm-hmm. whatever. I'm ready for that. Yeah. What is like the best? Uh, what's the best Pink Floyd album? Yeah. I think this is an Alex question because he's also a big Pink Floyd fan. I mean, it's probably Dark Side. It's probably yeah, Dark Side. Yeah. I mean, that's what everybody doesn't want to hear, probably, but it probably is. I mean, it's yeah. fucking amazing. There's a reason why it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. At this stage in your career, what would be the ultimate tour package? Would it be like a headlining tour? Would it be like Floyd you would open be on it? It, <laughs> it would be... Sure. <laughs> no, I, don't know. I don't know. I have no idea, man. Be just us, and we play for ten minutes. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Um, what one song would you play? <laughs> I mean, that's tough. I don't know, man. I mean, would it be like a, t- a, a tour with like your friends' bands? Would it be like a tour with like mega bands where you would open up for more people? Yeah, it's, it's the criteria like that. It's going to be some blowout, like highly attended tours, or, or is it just for fun? Yeah, that's it's just for fun, man. We're just bringing some friends, and we're. We're bring, back bring, bring back the red cord. Bring back the red cord. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know, a, man. That's, that's a, a tough. Question. That is so tough, man. I hate to evade the question, but no, just want to make you think. Obviously, on the spot too. Yeah, so. I'm bad yeah. on the spot. Really bad. And there'll probably be some, definitely be some defunct bands on there. I'm sure. Well, yeah, we some. have a. Pro- I mean, right now in general, we have a problem with. There's not a whole lot of bands, like tour with mm-hmm. you know we're constantly, you like currently yeah I mean, we're constantly just like tour with uh, the same band yeah it's like god damn we need to find some more bands um, is that just in the states or Europe and everywhere as well same same yeah, problem I mean, it's just, general, yeah, yeah I think it's just it's harder now for full time bands especially it's harder to be a full time band now you know yeah money I mean I'm sure yeah. with the, the money you know, cause, situation you know, it, you know on the on the the suit side of things you know you want you want someone that brings people in the door every night you want bands that you know it's not exactly like you there's all these criteria you want to achieve but there's there's very few bands that kind of fit within all the full-time bands are are generally are like at the same level yeah they are so it's like who who supports who you know because if you're any smaller than us it's likely that you just can't be a full-time band because you just don't make a living yeah that's and if you're point, any bigger yeah. than us, like you're in a whole other world, yeah. you know what I mean? So, or they're like really young and they have the ability to tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't so, have like responsibilities, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's why uh, we just, you know, we just tour with the contortionist all the time, or whatever, <laughs> you know. It's like, <laughs> hey, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it's it, fine. kind of thing. It's great, you know, great band, great people, and all that stuff. But yeah, Tommy's right. It's just like there's just not a ton of bands that that tour full time. And when yeah, and when you're a band like us, the headlines a lot. You're constantly looking for support, and yeah, I don't know. It's tough. Tough question. I, um, yeah, yeah. It's a very tough question. So another one, another tough question. 
what are five albums that like influenced you uh, greatly? Oh jeez, we should have mentioned outside. More of that outside, of uh, uh, well, I, I'll do. I'm we'll do four. We'll do four since you already said it, uh, the Pink Floyd one. Uh, they don't necessarily have to be within your genre too. I mean, yeah, obviously I mean, you're all probably, over. I mean, okay, I'll start. I mean, I have to do Pants here because that's like. When yeah, I was young, that was, that. I guess, vulgar. It was vulgar. vulgar. It was vulgar for me. Uh, Mr. Bungle, California. Um, Beatles, Abbey Road. Uh, what else? One more. Radiohead, OK Computer. There you go. There we go. Siamese Dream, Smashing Pumpkins. Um, uh, just keeping in the same vein, probably Alice in Chains' Dirt was really big for me. Um, you see Greg's yeah, about, I was Jerry just... Kentro? What? Yeah, yeah the other night, last night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or the, twice, maybe? In LA, yeah. That's amazing. Um, kind of something that a little more like, well, it's not super current anymore, but I remember when it came out, it was a big, big Sorry. inspiration for me was Ghost Reveries. Mm-hmm. Um, did I have one more I've got to do? I think you have one more. Shit. Yeah. Good luck. Um, you took Vulgar. Vulgar would have definitely you can have it. Yeah, you can do it. Definitely been one. Honestly, um, probably um, Countdown to Extinction. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like guitar, yeah. kind of riff. Like that was, you know, at a at a time in my life where I was learning to play and stuff like that. And so, hearing those like riffs and and Marty Friedman's like lead work, I was like, holy. That shit. was a crazy uh, in metal, especially. That was a crazy the, moment for production. Per, the production, production of it. Yeah. Like, I remember even clean. being a kid, being like, holy shit, this yeah. sounds like so. Never heard metal sounds so yeah, clear. It's, it's crazy crispy, too how yeah. that's changed over the years. Is like you listen to sometimes when I listen to like early thrash metal stuff, like yeah. Metallica, early Metallica stuff, it sounds comparatively to like current production and stuff, it sounds so flat-ish mm. to me. There, like it, it would, I wonder what it would be like if it were recorded current yeah, you know, no, now. I don't know. So. So. Production is a whole other like conversation we were talking about the other day. How like there's so many like. St- things that, like the way things are recorded there's just it's such industry standard like certain because everything's done digitally and stuff everything almost sounds like the same mm-hmm, kind yeah. of like everybody's using the same oh. guitar tones you know yeah. drum tones it's weird. everybody's quantizing everything they so want to hit super, the same mark as people before yeah mm-hmm. like I, we, I, we kind of missed the days of like everything kind of sounding different everybody kind of had, had their own yeah. kind of sound yeah. and everything and now it's like man everything sounds Especially in hardcore, I remember like every album. I mean, oh, every yeah. album sounded completely different. Randomly, that? there would be like an album that comes out. I remember like a Terminal record, the first one on Central Media, where I was like, "Holy shit, this sounds yeah. insane!" Or, I remember like, hearing early Snapcase records. That, that, that they're coming back. Yeah, that Strife record that sounded like they just put the whole mix through like a boss <laughs> reverb. <laughs> yeah. And now, if I was like a band, put that out now, I'd be like, "What the." Yeah. They do, but I remember at the time being like, "Well, this is different." You know, yeah. it sounds different. So you kind of like it only for the reason that it's different. You haven't heard it before. You know, yeah, it was just like, like not everything it. sounded the same. the same. You know, they were using different amps and different, you know, different, and especially some of those old hardcore records. Like they were recording it with like engineers who had maybe never recorded it. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, well, this I mean? is my like, living room, guys. Uh, come on in, set your equipment up. Or you know, well, that recording, I mean, I like, remember, folk bands or something. Yeah, I remember, you know? like, my first band from here on, we recorded with a guy that... Never heard he anything like know what Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Was. So, <laughs> that probably contributed to some of the, like, diversity of, yeah. of sounds or whatever, but, um, but, yeah, now it's like people are just making amazing sounding albums 
you know, literally in their uh, apartment. You know, it's like it's crazy. I remember I re- I was in a band previously, way, 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 way long ago. Um, it, we were recording the same studio that Red Jumpsuit did as well, back home in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Same guy who mixed and mastered their stuff, mixed and mastered ours, but we had like you know hours to do it. They had many, many, many yeah. days to do that. Uh, I remember when they were recording recording us and whatnot. They really couldn't like they wanted to give us a click track, but they couldn't give us a click track. So they weren't really used to the whole like heavy kind of situation, I mean, not time stuff. We didn't we didn't record to a click track till. Colors. Colors. Oh. Yeah. Even the Alaskan shit. Which is, yeah. And the first, I mean, the self-title, we recorded that live in Five Jamie's days, basement. Yeah. Like, oh, straight cool. up, we tracked all the instruments at the same time. Yeah. You know. Was that on purpose or just because that's how you had to do it then? <laughs> we I mean, we literally, just... like, left the studio and, drove, you know, we recorded all night, left the studio. I had to be at work at fucking 7 in the morning. Like, yeah, yeah. Was, I mean, it was, like, just a week of... Hell, didn't know yeah. we didn't know. Yeah. Well, I only ask because, like, Josh from the Chariot, the first Chariot release was recorded like that on purpose. Yeah, you know, they all got in a room and they yeah, recorded yeah. a live one take kind of situation. I don't know. If, I don't. I don't even remember like talking. I think that's just we it's thought just that's how. I mean, we were limited by yeah. whatever, that's how you're supposed Jamie, to do it. Whatever right? Jamie yeah. equipment he had at the time or whatever, but yeah. I think we recorded on eight at. Yeah, we did. But you know, yeah, if you ISO those tracks, I mean, you hear bleed and like. Yeah. You know, all the drum tracks have guitars in them, and mm-hmm. uh, all the guitar tracks have drums in them, and all that stuff. So, yeah, it was just, I don't know, that's just how you did it back then. <laughs> you know? uh, how much how much musical training did you guys have prior to be it being in the band? Or, I, I would say, between the Baird and me, rather than player, Prairie and Clemson. Differs from yeah, person. To like, person. are you guys classically trained? Or I'm not at all. Paul had a. I had some like I took some music theory classes in high school. Um, so I kind of I knew the language of, of music, which I always tell people. You know, that's really all all that stuff is. It's like it's a great tool for mu- communication. Like Dan and I can communicate in that way, um, and it maybe helps you have some direction if you're trying to write something and you're like, oh, it's, you know. Phrygian dominant would sound cool or this or something like that, but um, it's not. That's I'm so far removed from that. Like I don't even think about that stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. But like Tommy's totally self-taught. Dusty's totally self-taught. You guys haven't really had any kind of. I mean, I had a guy that like I'd be like, "Hey man, show me the freaking Pantera riff." Yeah, you that's know, not. Like, I wouldn't call that classical. Yeah, training. yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> I had like the dude I'd go and learn. Yeah. Random stuff with, but yeah, I never. Interesting. I, I would say I use I was some of it was useful yeah. in that um you know I did some like part of like high school music theory or whatever was, and this is a long ass time ago. So, <laughs> but I'm like we learned how to like you know part right you know kind of in the baroque style right. or whatever. So, you know even though that was just sort of a blip in my past, I would say it it certainly helped kind of like helped me understand how music worked in a like mathematical way like harmonies and counter melodies and 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 some chord theory and and stuff like that but again it's it was so long ago it it it, you know it's kind of ingrained in me now i don't really think about it but i i guess i guess the knowledge is still there Mm because i still you know i still know like it's a founding uh, yeah it's almost like a building block kind of thing but it, it becomes like just you know, so now if I'm trying to harmonize a, if Jamie's like, harmonize that lead, you know, like I can almost just do it mathematically just by like looking at my fretboard. Like 
I don't have to like play with the notes until something yeah. right. sounds like I can. See, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna harmonize it in thirds. <laughs> See, that's the weird I'm thing. I'm singing. I'm like, I need to harmonize it. I'm like, okay, I just gotta sit there and figure. I'm like, Ooh. find the note. Yeah, yeah. I, that's what I Which wonder. I wish I, I so done. no vocal, no vocal coaching, no vocal uh, classes. A little bit, uh, a little bit like later on, like recently, like in probably the last few years. But like in the. Of, in the no, beginning, ten years, nothing. No, nothing. I mean, piano classes. Even, no, because all that was just kind of. You know, around. on the first record, I didn't even sing at all. It was just screaming. Our drummer sung at the time. I didn't know how to sing. I mean, I still kind of still just figuring it out. You know, which is and weird saying, because in keyboards, I just started playing because I didn't know what the fuck to do when all the instrumental <laughs> stuff was going on. Yeah, like for real. Doing, he's like, I'll just play some. You know, pads. Like, I got this, and I was like, oh, it's a cool way to make noise. And for Silent Circus, there was like a lot of parts. I was like, I'll just put a lot of distortion on this thing and go wild. That's crazy. And it like slowly evolved into like, oh, I. Now we have songs that are straight up built on like keyboard riffs. Right, yeah. And And some of the best ones, even though they might, uh, you know, like the beginning of Colors, that's an amazing track. You know, the the intro ish song or whatever you want to call it. Um, Part A. But uh, no, weird that you say that because even before, like Alaska and Colors and stuff like that, you were one of the only screamer kind of band leadmen, frontmen that I would want to have singing more. Just because I felt like that your voice was very fitting for all that, yeah. and uh, yeah, it was just like, I, why doesn't he sing more? <laughs> he, does he not know that he has a good voice? I don't know. But Listen that to makes Tom sense. Ah, plug um, it, plug um, it. Yeah, I don't know. My thing with the with you know BTVM is always just the right voice for the song and part and what's going on yeah. lyrically. And yeah, it, it depends. It it differs. I kind of approached it. I tried to sing more with like the coma stuff. Like I, I approached vocals very differently for that record. Um, but I think because the music, it it, it catered to it a lot more. Hmm. Um, so it really just depends. On the, on the part yeah but I've always kind of I mean even like recently like when we did the evening with in Europe we, we kind of revisited Reaction which was on Silent Circus which is like kind of an ambient track I mean it's weird like listening back to that because it was so different for us at the time but it's like once we started playing it I was like this sounds like something I would write right now mm-hmm. like, it's weird it, it, that Did you ever was, impress that, yourself? That like was kind of. No, it wasn't really impressed. I was just like, it's weird. That was kind of in my DNA, and I didn't even really realize it. Mm-hmm. And 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 now I'm just more comfortable with that part of me, you know. And sometimes when I revisit old old <laughs> stuff that like bands that I would do, I was like, man, you know, at the time, you know, because after you mess with something for so damn long, and then you, yeah, you play don't it, you, you it like, all, ah, I don't like it. I hate yeah. it. Then years go by, and you listen to it, and you're like, damn. I mean, I, I, I do that. With the, I do that with the band. I mean. You know, if we're if we're doing a song that we haven't played in forever on on a tour, and I'm listening to it, and I'm like, man, this is a good album or a good song. Like, yeah, know, there's like, uh, yeah. One thing, like for me, it's like stylistically as a guitar player, I'm like so much different than I was like self-titled. But yeah. like, but yeah, when we play like more myself to kill or something, mm-hmm. I would find myself being like, damn. I can't believe I wrote that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, impressed yourself a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, pretty good. I can can almost, like, tell, like, it almost is like I can remember back where I was back then, and I was like, I can't believe I came up with that. It's kind Mm -hmm. of not too shabby. What's your average set time? Like, when you play a show, like, not set time, length, 
Link. Uh, I mean, if we're headlining normally between hour fifteen and hour and a half. Like, what's your ideal? Like, what would you want to have? Twenty minutes. In and out. <laughs> nah. Leave them wanting more, you know. Hour fifteen always feels good. Hour, like hour fifteen feels good. Yeah. I mean, we're doing like an hour five this tour. Yeah, feels great. I asked because in I want to know. We did over two hours and it was crazy. But that set, I, that set was structured really well. Like it felt good. Yeah. Like there was yeah. never a moment where I was like, okay, it's time to fucking go. But yeah, that's, that's also like a revisit. Like you're saying, you're revisiting like yeah. all your past catalog and stuff like that, yeah. and, and obviously doing some newer stuff too. Yeah. But I asked that because you guys. Obviously, do write very uh, lengthy tracks at times. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering, like, how do you guys choose songs to fit within yeah, that any, within any that time? Set that's shorter than an hour is kind of challenging. Yeah. And how do you how do you decide on which tour to do what songs? Well, we, always, we first of all always try to do different sets for every tour, which is sometimes crazy. Like we just did that two hour plus set in Europe, and we're only playing what one song from it this tour. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you basically just have to wipe your brain and start over. Um, I mean, a lot of it really just starts of just through email people sending like, "Oh, we should do this, this, and this." And then yeah, do you like ever like ask the fans and pull the uh, fans? Not and stuff? really. I mean, we have before, but I mean, for us, the main concern is to we treat our sets like we would an album. You want it to have flow. You want it to, you know, have peaks and valleys, and there needs to be like. You know, the certain moments have to be really energetic and not energetic and, you know, come out with a bang, in with a bang, you know, things like that. Yeah, we um, yeah, just, I don't, we don't really, it just kind of happens. I mean, yeah. Dan, Dan's really good at, like, segues and transitions. And, yeah. you know, he, he was really critical with the Evening With stuff, especially with that. And Yeah, I don't know. We just yeah. do it, man. We yeah. don't, I mean, we don't. Like, when we sit down to do it, we're not like, oh, my God, how are we going to do this? We just, you know, we're just like, oh, what about these songs? And then we add it up, and we're like, okay, this is, we need to cut this or add that or, yeah. Are we going to see an thing. autodidact on the set back again? Oh, man. Yeah, we haven't played that in a long I haven't time. played that in a while. I love that, I love that breakdown. That's why Yeah, I that's asked, a good yeah. breakdown. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a very good one. one. Is that, yeah. yeah, that one probably actually would still do pretty well live, maybe. I don't is know. it hard relearning your stuff for tour? Yeah, sometimes <laughs> like a song like that, I have to relearn from scratch. I don't remember. I'd have to literally, you know. See, it's the opposite for me. Like the older stuff is really easy to mm-hmm. to relearn for me because it's mostly just you know screaming, maybe some keys here and there, maybe a singing part. But like it's harder for me to be like, all right, we're gonna play this random song off coma. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I gotta pull up the files. How do I fucking play all this? Yeah, shit? do you have to look up yeah. the lyrics and like I don't yeah. know have your have your music tabbed out for yeah, you and yeah. stuff. Um, stuff, I'm like, all right, yeah. Probably because you have, uh, you've been yeah. doing it for a lo- the older stuff. These guys have to learn a million. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most of the newer stuff we have tab tablet books for, which I use to learn them. But yeah, the old old stuff, like, dude. <laughs> but you know, it's weird. Like sometimes it, it does come back. Like you learn like one riff, and then all of a sudden, like muscle memory kicks right memory in. Memory kicks in yeah. or something. And you're like, oh, okay, I kind of remember, you know remember the next part or whatever. But um. But I always dread the hell out of it, you know. When these guys are like, "We're gonna play, you know, let's play what, such and such," I'm like, I, "Come on, man." That was funny. We had a, a when we did more myself this last tour. There was moments we were kind of just going back and forth, and like, "Is this kind of?" Yeah, right? we actually had videos going between me, Dusty, and Tommy. Just like, like is it this riff? Yeah, no, it's yeah. like this. And I'd be sure like, I'd be like, I think I got it. And then I'd like video stuff, and I'd play it, and then they'd yeah, be like, each "Yeah, I think video, that's it. each video was like." progress towards the end yeah like it wasn't <laughs> yeah. right but it was there the was record, like a moment yeah. a little piece that was right I mean, the, the recording record. is not very clear it's like 
and listening to it, I'm like, man, I can't tell. Yeah. You can't tell what note that is. It's yeah. Just, you know, but yeah, then eventually I think we, I think we got it. It sounded <laughs> right. We played it pretty close. So, um, but yeah. So to round it out, just we'll let you go here in a little bit. I just want to kind of shoot you some quick questions that people were asking on our Instagram and whatnot. Fire. Yeah, not necessarily want to think too much about it. Uh, your least favorite, I'm sorry, your favorite slash least favorite album touring cycle. Ooh. Hmm. Shit. I'll Don't have to be do. the same, obviously, yeah. You could be different. For, like, favorite was, I mean, the, the actually, uh, no, never mind. I would say the Colors Tenure was a, a favorite for sure. Yeah. We was... made a lot of fucking money on that tour. <laughs> 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 uh, that, one was, that one when we got was hundred percent my favorite because it was like yeah. a, almost like a it was very invigorating to yeah. see. I was like, man, dude, all these people so, yeah, yeah. care about this record so much. It was very um, least favorite. Motivated. Uh, least favorite might have been this last one. No, I would say least favorite is whenever we do a support tour with just a crowd that just oh yeah, that's for sure. Give a shit about us. Yeah, that's like, I can't even think of an example. Like if you were to play with like, like a band like, like Five Children Bonus Crowd didn't really like us, right? I remember that pretty. Yeah, um, Coheed and Cambria's fans didn't really care for us. Yeah. I mean, but I, but love, I totally love that band. But I feel it was, like you guys fit band. in though yeah. a little bit yeah, with that. We fit in, but it was just you know, we're human beings, man. Sometimes when you're on stage and you just look out there and there's just people straight up bummed out, you know, it's. <laughs> Well, Coheed you know, also I mean, has that like mall like, yeah, core yeah. kind of fan base too, a little yeah. bit that you know because they are like a I don't want to say a hot topic band, but they are available in hot of topic. Course, very accessible. Very so popular. you know, it is what it is. I enjoyed I enjoyed touring with them, and they're very nice. Oh, guys, definitely, but, yeah. Um, yeah, no disrespect. I like no, that no, band. No, no, no. We're, we're <laughs> literally talking about. I think they're fantastic. Stage, but yeah. yeah, just the on stage experience was a little. I mean, even like that Dream Theater tour, as amazing as that oh, was, like. Their VIP crowd, which is mostly like fifty older dudes, guys, older people, yeah, like, and we're up there screaming and all kind of, and they're just, you know, they're right in the front. Those are the first people you see, and they're just. I can't like, understand anything you're saying. Absolutely bummed. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, <laughs> and that was like right at the beginning of where those worlds started. They kind of like mm-hmm. come together. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Back then, it wasn't really screaming, like, mixed with, you know... Especially bands like that. Yeah, yeah. big, big, and big sh- bands. Yeah, shout out to Mike like, Portnoy for even, yeah. like, putting that bill together. Yeah. It was like, yeah, that was, like... It was very weird at that When time. it was originally announced, I was like, huh. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I remember that way back in the day. Yeah. Uh, this one's for you, Tommy. Uh, we kind uh, of already touched a little bit of it, but... Um, did you ever want to completely venture away from screaming in Between the Bear and Me? Um, No. No, there's never been time. And if you want more singing, obviously, solo side projects. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, it's all about finding the the voices. You know, just another part of the instruments that you know need to make the correct choices to make it sound cool and yeah. There's always there's always going to be an aggressive element to the music we write. You know, I still like aggressive music. Yeah, it's part of the whole. You can't. Yeah, you kind of have our sound too. You know, I mean, I. I mean, I hope to think my my scream is like a big part of you know the, the band. sound. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it just it needs to be there. Cool. Uh, Silent Circus seventeenth anniversary shows next year. People <laughs> <laughs> no. gonna start doing like half, like yeah. eighteen and a half years. Yeah. Um, well, we joke that we should do a colors reunion tour every year. <laughs> you know. Again, making money, you know what I'm saying? 
but it, but uh, then eventually nah, nobody not. comes out anymore. Yeah, like, shit, yeah, I guess we've reckoned, sorry. milked that teat. Yeah. Um, no, um, no, seventeen. <laughs> Twenty, maybe. Uh, maybe I don't know. I don't know. Uh, favorite Rocky movie. We're probably the wrong guys. Yeah. We can skip that one. I don't know. Maybe if you were Rocky fans, I just didn't know. The one with the Russian dude, probably. Oh, oh, which one was that? Three, maybe. Is that three? four? Is that four? Really? Uh, I don't know. No. That's the one I probably saw re- most recently. Right. Yeah. That's probably yeah. Yeah. Given the dual releases last year, when will we, the fans, hear new Between the Bear and Me records? Uh, sometime in the future. <laughs> in the 2020s. In the future. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's it's very early stages right now. Um, As you can tell, we're trying to be very discreet. Mis- yeah, yeah. About There's no mystery anymore. They, we've been doing the same cycle since I know. 2000. It's like, like every two years kind of tour, thing. You tour, you tour, you tour, then you write a record, come out, and then you tour, you tour, you tour. It's Groundhog Day just in years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, still vegan slash veg? Yeah. Still doing it. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, JP wants to know why Emir's not on the tour. Why who? Emir. They, they turned it down. Oh, yeah, they turned I think that's just like a, a lamb goat joke. Yeah. Uh, let's see here if I've covered all of those. Yeah, that's basically it. Cool. Well, that was a great time, everybody. Awesome. Yeah, thanks. Uh, nice yeah, so thanks for being on. Anything that you want to kind of... How long has lamb goat been going on? Well, as long as you've been around. Yeah, I was going to say, because yeah. I remember... 99, maybe? Uh, a little before then? Lambo about 20 years. Lambo used to love us, man, back in the day, dude. Self-titled days. They fucking love us. You mean, uh, yeah. you mean the users? Yeah. Now we're talking about you. Yeah, well. <laughs> I already admitted I didn't really like it then. <laughs> <laughs> no, back then, I like this. Now, now I feel like we get slammed. No, I feel all right on them. Go. Are I we good? I don't know. I feel like no. there was that. No, nah, there's, 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 there's <laughs> we it's get hitting this. Yeah, okay. it's hitting this. But I mean, it's, I again, the trolls. Yeah, it's the troll I culture. It. I yeah. back it. But so I still on. love, I love reading mean shit. About us, online. I, I don't know, man. It's like entertaining to me. Well, like, we had thought because one of the things that we do now is we kind of uh, collect some comments uh-huh. about what people have said about the band, so to speak, yeah. and then we kind of like read them to you and let you like mean tweets by uh, Jimmy okay, Fallon. Yeah. So it's kind of like that. Uh, but we there's so many articles on you guys on Lamb Goat that it was hard to like comb through there them all. So many yeah. bad comments. Well, that so too. They couldn't go through. Yeah. Well, I did have one on the it Instagram. Happens. Why do you guys suck? Because uh, from day one, that was a, the, one of our biggest goals was to suck we were for twenty to years. Suck. Uh, yeah, and, and to so be able to suck, suck for twenty years. Yeah, is, it's let's see if we can make a living sucking. Yeah, yeah. And we yeah, have. So a lot of people have. It. So anything else you guys want to like end on? Like plug, nah, coffee business, nah. solo nah. projects. Nah. Be on the lookout for new glass casket in twenty thirty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, do you guys think prayer for cleansing would have lasted as long as you guys have? No. Do you think it could have survived the lull? I doubt it, man. I don't know. I don't. Gosh. Yeah. yeah it's just there's know. two different genres in general. Yeah, so yeah, because when BT Band started, we we like initially were like wanting to experiment and be like, yeah, we want to be heavy, but we want to like try some different shit. I don't know if Prayer would yeah, have like ever if, done that. If I, if, you know, Tommy like we have and I a, ja- were... a jazz scene in, on the first record. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I, what, okay. I don't know if we would have done stuff like that. Like, I think thank you for reminding me. If Tommy and I stayed in Prayer for Cleansing and kept that band going, it would probably just sound like Between the Barry to me now. You yeah, know, because we, we were the same people. We were what? writing the music and stuff. Like, it just would have... I don't know. It would have... Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know. 
what causes those breaks? And this is the last thing I'll ask you before uh-huh. we cut you off because we already kind of cut you loose a little bit. But what 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 brought on the elements of like you guys writing a song and then going like, hey, let's get some like weird jazz quartet sound. Let's <laughs> get some like weird samba just, sound, samba sound. to us, and we hadn't heard it a whole lot. You know, we liked. A lot Were you worried that that wouldn't go over well? well at all, that or? point, we didn't care. Yeah, okay. We didn't care though. You know, <laughs> I mean, those early days, like we said, you sucked anyway, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I mean, at those days, like the, like you said earlier, there wasn't much on the line. Yeah, the stakes were low. I mean, it, yeah. you know, we started doing some, like, with colors, like, you know, Ants of the Sky has the, like, bluegrass section and yeah. stuff like that. But that was more of, like, an experiment in, like, you know, basically almost universalizing, like, music in a way. Because, like, you know, it was like, I was into power metal at the time. Yeah. It kind of had that power metal thing. And then I was like, that chord progression played in the open position sounds like a country bluegrass mm-hmm. progression. It's the same shit, you know? And I was like, let's... Let's do a vert like a yeah. version of it in, in that format, and then like let's do it again later where we harmonize lead and do a key change, you know, and all this stuff. So the you know we were just like Tommy said, we just didn't we weren't afraid to like experiment, and the fact that we it's fun, we, it's I mean, fun. Still to this day, it, yeah, you can't take yourself too seriously. I don't think. And also, like just as musicians, there's like this curiosity to 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 do everything because mm-hmm. we you know like I like. I listened to bluegrass music. Yeah. You know, at the same time that I was listening to, like, Dragon Force. It definitely... Fucking <laughs> Blind Guardian, you know. Yeah. I was still listening to, you know, uh, <laughs> Ralph Stanley and shit. So it was like, you know, these are things that are that I enjoy. Why not it lets express you stand them out. creatively and, and almost try to um, try to show my, ourselves and, and other people that, like, hey, you can do this. Yeah. It's, it's a blank canvas, man. You can do whatever yeah. whatever you want. Throw anything to the wall, whatever. Sticks. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like you don't have to stick to a specific I mean that, formula. The the couple tracks or the track on Alaska, I believe you guys was one of the first times I heard that. Well, Might have been on Colors actually. Now that I think about it, but you guys did you reverted from like whatever your normal between the bear to me sound is to like something like completely off the wall, and I it always stuck out. And then yeah. you guys continue to do it with other albums, and I think it just makes you stick out even that much more. And that is yeah. what it is, you know. Yeah, I think laser was it laser speed that was on Alaska. Yeah, yeah. that was my uh, I wrote that when I was a senior in high school. I forgot that. Yeah, it's like my senior exit project, you know. So you recorded it like years and years later. Yeah, just like I was like, because I, I I think I found like the musical chart for it or something in my in a, my mom's closet or something. I was like, holy shit! And I remember thinking some of these ideas are kind of like pretty cool, you know. Let me soup it up a little bit and and yeah, I wish we would have like it on turned there, it into you know. something more than just a good. I know, like a, almost like a just interlude. a sort of interlude track or yeah. ending track or whatever, but but yeah, so um, you know. Well, kudos high school fall for writing that because it was it wasn't, it wasn't horrible. <laughs> was it framed? Was it framed in your mom's closet? Just... It wasn't framed. It was probably in a fucking ball. You know, it was probably curled, crinkled up. You know, probably had like cat shit on it. Or yeah. something, but cool. Yeah. All right. Well, it, again, we already did the last word, so we'll just cut it here. Peace. Thank you. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now.